Trivita presents Healthy You with your host, Michael Ellison. Well, welcome to Healthy You. And uh, thank you for taking time to listen to our podcast today. You are going to be, I believe, delighted and uh, excited to hear the insights that are going to be shared today because I have a special guest that sent a email that was a reflection on a topic, and the topic is hope. And uh, it just was so refreshing and so uplifting to me at the time that it happened, and I believe this can happen to you today. If you have felt overwhelmed or anxiety, desperate, or even in despair, I want to encourage you today to know if you'll just okay, relax in the moment and listen to the insights that are going to be shared, I think in the next few minutes, you can begin to move towards a different feeling, and it's an awesome feeling when hope arrives in our life. I have as my guest today, Luann Robertson. She is a contributor to discoverhope.net, and uh, you may find that online and be able to go there. There's lots of uh, great articles, reflections. There's also blogs that are there. Uh, but today, Luann, it's nice to have you on Healthy You. Oh, thank you for having me. Yeah, this is going to be a great time that we have together because one of the things that uh, people will note if they go to Trivita.com or they get our catalogs as far as in our members, and that is the 10 Essentials. We talk about the 10 Essentials of Wellness, and we have for 20 years. They have been a true guide for my own life, and I've had radical changes in my life to the positive as a result of the 10 essentials because they cover the physical essentials. They cover the emotional essentials like love and forgiveness and gratitude, you know, acceptance. And they also cover the one that we will be giving um, a lot of attention to today, and that is that we are spiritual beings. We're not just physical beings and emotional beings, but we are spiritual beings. And in our spiritual pursuit of life, it's knowing God and knowing that he cares and loves us at all times in our life, and he has purpose for our lives. And today, you as a listener, you're going to have an opportunity of hearing Luann uh, talk about this subject matter. So Luann, I'm, I'm really excited about having you on today. Oh, I'm looking forward to this conversation. My wife and I, Susan, we went to Hawaii We've been going for 51 years. Every year for 51 years, Susan and I have gone to Hawaii. And we, we love Hawaii. We've gone to all the different islands. And, but we go there for one reason, and that is to kind of just, you know, take a few days to stop and to um, be reflective about our lives and about, you know, what the past has been, what the present is, and what the future is. And are we seeing that clearly? And are we hearing that clearly, and we understand that we are a physical, emotional, and spiritual person, and so we try and cover all three of those. Okay, we do the physical things, and we love to do the, 
you know, the golfing, the the walking, the swimming, the snorkeling, the kayaking, all the different things you do physically. But also it's a time emotionally for us to bond and for us to, you know, share our love for each other. And then to be quiet and to hear spiritually, are we hearing something that we should be aware of in that time of reflection? Well, it was there last month that we were there, and I got up one morning, and we were, you know, just reflective, and there was this message from you, Luann, from Discover Hope. And this is what you said, because I think it's just amazing. You said, honestly, facing the despair we are dealing with in our world today means we cannot go around despair to hope. We must go through despair. We may never know what hope is until we have tasted despair. That message just, I mean, it just uplifted me and inspired me so much to know that there's a feeling of this despair that we can get, okay, listening to the news, just being in life today, okay? But then there's this feeling of hope. And when that happened, I just knew I had to have an opportunity to have you share this, you know, on this podcast. Because as humans, it's not natural that for us to go through, we want to avoid or we want to change the circumstance, or so many people today are medicating. And I'm talking about from drugs to alcohol to, you know, pharmaceutical to over-the-counter. We want to medicate the feelings, right, so we don't feel the despair. So here's my question to you. How did you gain insight into this simple but really profound statement of going through despair to hope? You know, for a lot of years, I have companioned and cared for um, people who are suffering. I've been a nurse for a very long time, and now as a spiritual director, oftentimes there's issues that people suffer through. And um, noticing these things and living in them with people over the years, you see people that, like you said, try to avoid the despair they feel in their spirit. And... When something comes up, and so they, they develop some coping strategies, some mm-hmm. 10 habits for a great life, all those things. But when something comes up that pulls the rug out, whether it's an illness or something happens in the devastation financially or with their relationships, sometimes they don't have a choice. You know, we get along just fine if everything's going fine, but... When despair comes and we slip down into that because we've lost control, we've lost our health, with that kind of thing, um, there kind of is no choice but to go through it. But we do have a choice in how we go through it. And I have seen people, I'll, I'll give you an example, physically um, in my life as a nurse, I have seen people come through, I, I dealt with uh, women and helped with breast cancer for many mm-hmm. years, and... Um, I saw so many different kinds of responses. We have temperaments and we have personalities and all of that. But when you come down to how is a person going to go through this, um, I just noticed the difference in people who seem to have hope 
and others who just lived it out in despair. My life is over. They lived in the what ifs. What if this happens and what if that happens? And others who said, you know, this has happened. I have cancer, but it's not who I am. And I'm living with it, but I'm not dying from it. I will die. But then here came the kicker. Their hope was in someone and not a circumstance. Yeah, that's beautiful. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I saw them, and that someone, in my mind, it's a spiritual issue. It, It must be God who has control more than I do. And when you get stopped in your tracks by a disease or something that is devastating for you, all of a sudden your control is taken away, and it clarifies where your hope is. And so I've seen people go through these things, um, again, going back to the breast cancer, um, saying, I will go through this because I know that God knows my future. So for today, I have to have chemo, or for today, I'm going to have a surgery. But I will go into it trusting that in the end, God knows, and he will take care of it. Yeah, my my wife, Susan, uh, years ago was diagnosed with breast cancer. I saw that in the number of women who, you know, chose to go through the same treatment that my wife chose to go through. And we could see the difference of those who simply the C word was so overwhelming. And obviously, you know, the clinicians have to give you the, you know, odds of survival, which I have always chosen to believe that, okay, then I'm the survival part of that. But for her and her friends, we could see the difference in the way that they approached it. I saw Susan. Um, Yeah, when she heard, and I'll never forget her cry out saying, oh, no, at the moment. That was her despair moment Mm -hmm. is when they said, you have breast cancer. That was the oh no despair. But I watched her begin to deal with that, and I remember the day when she said, you know, I believe that if I do my part and the clinicians do their part, God will do his part, and I am going to live without cancer. There was hope that happened to her that was just amazing. And she said to me, here's what I would like for you to do. I would like for you to buy me joke books and you every night read me joke books because we use the scripture where laughter doeth good like a medicine. Mm -hmm. And I would read to my wife anywhere from 15 minutes to a half hour in the evening joke books. And she would laugh at these jokes while she was going through this because she moved from a feeling of despair to a feeling of hope that undergirded every decision that she made. She didn't find it, you know, I mean, yeah, was it tough? Of course it was tough. But she made the choices on I'm going to do my part. And I'll stop there because it just – it when you were talking about as a nurse and seeing that, we saw that, and we also saw the people who live with no hope and, you know, the results of that as well. So that's incredible. 
What about personally, Luann? Have, have you had anything as far as personally that would bring you to this insight? You got to move through it, and when you move through it, there's a feeling of hope you can come to. Ah, oh, yes, I have. I I have one recent, real recent example that is ongoing. Um, and I think before I start the story, I think that there is a point where we recognize our despair. And we need to sit with it for a minute, a while. We need to wrestle with it and say, where is my hope really placed? Mm-hmm. And so that's what's come about for um, for me in this recent experience that I've had. Um, I have a friend who um, was diagnosed with a blood cancer and in an advanced stage, and um, here I bring in my nursing background, the knowledge I have medically, and the statistics and all of those things that are not looking good. And then he is so dear to our family, and my emotions came up and saying, oh my goodness, this is terrible. Uh, this is, and, and it was that time of what is going to happen? And then the faith side, and when I, I think about it in my two hands that I clasped together in prayer for him, one hand was my medical hand, the other hand was my faith hand, my hope hand, and putting them together, I had to realize for a while that I was feeling anxious, I was feeling fearful and negative, and thinking, oh, no, this is not going to have a good outcome. And then things kept getting worse, and I thought, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no. And I really had to sit and wrestle with God because I realized that my hope, even though I I minister to people, my hope had slipped into a, a bit of despair because I was trusting in that long experience in the medical field well, they'll do this, they'll do this, and things kept not working. And I, God was gracious to me to say, wait a minute, wait a minute, sit and remember whose you are, remember where your hope comes from. Not in all of this treatment, but in my plan, my power for him. And what a difference that made for me to finally realize, oh, God has him, he knows and right now, it's pretty bad. It's not good. And yet, we look for the good in the day. You know what? And that that hope then, going from despair through it, talking to God, wrestling with it, and then realizing, oh, my hope is displaced. I'm trusting in medicine. I'm trusting in men. And while we use that, that's great. The treatments are wonderful that help. I mean, they're tough, but you're right, like you said about your wife. On the other side, you're grateful. And if it doesn't work out, still, we trust and we know that God is still in control. And his own peace, as he's gone through this process, he says, my hope is in God, period. And that has really been a a really deepening, powerful experience for me to go through and still companion him as his friend and um, focus on today. Mm-hmm. You know, in your comments that you wrote, I mean, obviously that experience you just shared, you know, part of this came out in your article. 
when we have the feelings of despair, okay, we must go through them in order to experience hope. But you also said we may never know what hope is until we have tasted despair. And the point, I guess, that was so impactful or insightful to me is when we're self-sufficient, when things are going well in our lives or we're caught up in the activities of our life, you know, no matter what age we are, okay, if we're going well, then we may not even recognize, you know, this feeling of hope because we are self-sufficient. Well, life doesn't always um, bring the self-sufficiency and not the need for hope. Most of us at one point or another in our life will come to a place in which there is a feeling of despair or, you know, desperate uh, in our feelings or overwhelmed. It is in that, and probably most likely only in that, in which the true feelings of hope can come out of. And that's what I want our listeners today to, to realize, is that if you're, if you're feeling any of those feelings, you have qualified yourself to the next feeling, and that is the feeling of hope. Right, right. And it, you know, like you said, it doesn't always come until something has, like I used before, pulled the rug out, a, a crisis, a health issue, a financial issue, a relationship break, where our control and our usual way of life is come to a dead stop to say, whoa, I can't control this. And you're right, then we become a candidate for hope. I like how, how you said that, a candidate for hope. So then all of us know the feelings of, you know, being overwhelmed or desperate or, you know, over-anxious about circumstances in life. Can you give us a little bit more insight in regard to just hope itself? You know, what does that feel like? What is the source of hope? I mean, let's let's talk just a little bit about hope because we're saying, okay, if you have these feelings, right, of of desperate, and they may be caused from, you know, illness or maybe caused from financial woes. It may be caused from relational, whatever those issues are. We all can pretty well identify with that. Speak just a little bit in regard to that. When you when you move to hope, what are those feelings and what are those thought processes? I think when we talk about hope and what it is, we kind of define our despair much easier than we define hope. Mm -hmm. But I think that hope is an assurance. It's an acceptance of life as it is, but an assurance that there is a God who knows, he sees, God loves, and God will take care of me through the circumstances. He may not fix all the things that are wrong, but he promises to be with me. That's the last thing Jesus said. I remember that, and that is something I hold very dear, that he told them all, all of his disciples, to go out and tell everyone, go make disciples. 
But the last thing he said was, I am with you always. And when we are in despair, we feel all alone. We feel without hope. But to know that there is a power greater than these circumstances, there's a power greater than this disease that knows my name and offers to be with me in a relationship, that is the source, the beginning of hope. And I think true hope brings peace in the midst of circumstance. Mm-hmm. It gives us a, a perspective on our life. Um, Frederick Bigner, I like some of his quotes. He said, here is the world. Beautiful and terrible things will happen. And that's true, whether you are a believer in Jesus or whether you are not. Beautiful and terrible things happen. But we put our hope in the power and the love of God for us for right now. We can hope is trusting him for the future, and it frees us. It gives us a clearer vision of what's in front of us right now, that we can actually enjoy our life, that we can have peace, knowing that the future's taken care of. Now what's in front of me? Who am I? Whose am I? How do I live? Keeping our identity as who we've been made and being able to participate in life without worry about the future, without living in the what-ifs, I call them. What if this? What if that? We don't have to do that. We can choose to release that to God in hope. Yeah, that's really good, Luann, because what I'm also hearing from you, if I can go the other direction, the further we move, let's say, into our circumstance— And the more that the circumstance of life is the experience, the self-talk, the feelings, and if God is not there, and and typically what we end up doing is we move away from the recognition of God to the circumstance. So when we can go the other direction, as we move towards the He is in my life, and that He is a loving God, the more that moves us towards the feelings of hope for his care and love. And I think that's really an important part for our listeners to gather today is as you move towards circumstance, you are just simply not recognizing how intimate and wonderful that God is in his care and love for you as an individual. Right, right. We we look at, um, in the Psalms, we read David, he, he is lamenting. He is calling out to God saying, this is terrible. I Where are you? I don't know. My circumstances are awful. This is bad. And then you'll find him turning in his mindset and saying, ah, but I remember this about you. And there's that moment of turning to hope. And it's not um, just a nebulous hope. It's a hope in God. Um, in Lamentations, uh, chapter 3, you you read Lamentations, and it's like, this is terrible, and this is terrible, and this is on this, and this. they're all bad things, suffering, and, and terrible things, despair. And in the third chapter, it talks, there's, there's a point where it says, yet, in spite of all this, yet, I still dare to hope when I remember this. The faithful love of the Lord never ends. His 
mercies never cease. Great is his faithfulness. His mercies begin afresh every morning. That's powerful. It's not denying that things are bad or whatever has happened, that the despair is there, but that's a way, again, to come through it into hope, acknowledging it, being honest about it, realizing, you know what, I have put my hope in my circumstances or in my money or in my marriage or in all these things. I've put my hope in that, but no, those are blessings and all, and they may go away tomorrow, but my hope can be in God and his faithfulness to me and his new mercies every morning. That every morning thing is crucial. That's so important to me. I mean, I get up in a new morning, and I may have a different way that my body feels, but it's a new day. It's new, and it came from God. It didn't come because I, you know, pulled myself up and got a good attitude about it. No, it starts with the peace in my heart that comes from knowing that there's a God who knows me, he's got me, and we've got a new day to look for the ways that he loves me, from the things he creates to the people he brings in my life. My perspective for daily life can change because I have my hope secure for my future. I don't have to be spending all my time worried about that. I can be present to what I have today. Well, that reminds me of my own personal experience. So there was a time, and it was, you know, 20-some-odd years ago, but um, I just thought sleep was a waste of time. I I thought you slept when you were exhausted, and if not, you spent as much time as you possibly could doing the things that you love and purpose to do. You know, I traveled the world. I worked with organizations all over the world. I had my own you know, company with its offices in various parts of the world. I lived in an all-out go mode. One day I was jogging up because I always, you know, it really enjoyed fitness and uh, thought fitness was, you know, going to be my heart health. It was going to be what, you know, allowed me to live a long time. I just didn't understand the importance of sleep and what it does for the brain, what it does for the cells. And I ended up at Mayo Clinic and listening to a doctor tell me this, and this is what they said. We have no way of helping you in a short period of time. We can give you medications so that your pain will subside, but you, Michael, must change the way you think about health and about life, and you must begin to adopt new ways of thinking, and if you don't, you will die a premature death. And that was my moment of desperation in my book, in this uh, Ten Habits of Wellness, uh, and it happens to be in this chapter that we're talking about right now, spiritual beings, right? We're spiritual beings. So I, I, I say this in the book, and it says, as I was going through my health crisis, I relied heavily on God for guidance and help. I was so lost and confused because I had lived with purpose and with fitness for my entire life. But there was a raging fire of pain going through my body, and desperately I needed to know what to do. The doctors offered medication to lessen the pain, but they had no short-term treatments to restore my wellness. I desperately needed help. I, I remember that, I mean, so clearly, because when I walked out of there, 
You know, it was a major, world-renowned um, medical, you know, institution, and they said there is no help for you right now. That just felt like dark, ominous clouds over me that said, "Okay, how could that possibly, you know, be that way?" But when I went home, I remember what happened to me. I prayed, and I didn't feel like that I heard anything like, okay, this is going to happen to you immediately. But I got up on my chair, and this was in a moment of inspiration. I grabbed my arm, and I simply said this, you are his temple, and I will learn to nurture and to provide the nutrients to optimize my health and my wellness. I am on my wellness journey. Nothing changed in regard to the pain that was going on. I mean, it uh-huh. felt like every 10 minutes an electrical jolt was going through my body that almost lift me right out of a chair. But here's what it did. It moved into I am going to learn through nurturing and through nutrition, and I will live with optimal uh, health and well-being. And my journey began, and it has been one of the most incredible experiences of my entire life is to see what that moment of moving from desperation and despair into hope because I knew that if I did those things, my life was going to change. That's an incredible journey. All of us have those moments in our life, and all of us can have the moment when we move into the hope. So I know that, you know, this is April the 15th, right? Well, for many of us in the U.S., that's tax day (laughs) or around tax day, right? But it's also close to Easter. Luann, talk to us just briefly in regard to that, would you? The hope that to many who, you know, profess Christianity, what does that hope mean? In Holy Week, when we think about that last week that Jesus was on earth, he's teaching his apostles the the final bottom line things at the Last Supper, he teaches them about service by washing their feet. He tells them that he's going away, but he's going to send them the helper, and that they're going to go and be um, his witnesses. And yet here they see him in agony in the garden, but still saying, but your will be done, and they see that. And he comes out, I think he's going through his despair and mm-hmm. on in to an acceptance of God's plan for him. And what happened through Good Friday then, Jesus dying for us on the cross, going through that, and then new life on Easter, and the disciples still coming through and having that despair. Where did he, he's gone, what are we going to do? And then here he is, new life, and offering that new life to us. That's hope. Yeah, that's really good, Luann, because to have the feelings of hope is so timely for us today when there's so much conflict around us. I I agree. I see that. But our hope is in God, and as we live, we have a circle of influence that we can love those in that circle. We can serve them, standing firm in our faith and in the truth that God does love them, and God has a plan. He works for people within people, through people, that are living as hopeful realists. Yeah, and that's the message that I think that we can live in our circumstances. Okay, those circumstances 
may change, they may not change, but what we do know is that we can live with the assurance that God is with us, that he loves us, and he cares for us, and in that we can live in peace and rest. And uh, Luann, thank you for sharing today on your insights and your experiences as far as in life to bring us to that point of knowing that there's always the experience of hope. Thank you. Very glad to be with you, Michael. I love being able to stimulate people to have conversation about hope and encourage one another that way. Uh, You can get Luann in her articles and also the blogging on discoverhope.net. And I think that you'll find inspiration for your daily life as you do that. Again, thank you for tuning in to Healthy You. And may you live with physical, emotional, and spiritual wellness. Thanks for listening to Healthy You. To learn more about our guest, check the episode notes to find books, products, and services mentioned in this episode. This is provided for your information only and may not be construed as medical advice or instruction. These statements are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. It is intended for your general knowledge only and not a substitute for professional medical advice or treatment for any specific medical conditions. Always seek the advice of your physician with any question you may have regarding a medical condition.